0: Welcome back to Misfits in the Church, a show designed to help those who are struggling with feeling like they belong in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Jerry Cook, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about mental health. I wanted to provide a little bit of a warning for those who may be sensitive to some of this content, especially because part of the time we'll be talking about thoughts regarding suicide for those who are struggling with suicide i encourage you to call 988 right away or 911 or reach out to someone that you trust okay well this is a this is a, a topic and this is an episode that i don't think that i wanted to do but it's a big enough issue among the church and among its members, and it's hidden so much that it is something that I feel compelled to talk about. So if it's if it doesn't come across the right way, I apologize. It's something that I really struggle with expressing and talking about. So I'm going to go ahead and let someone else essentially do the talking for a few minutes, and we're going to listen to a clip from Elder Eric Kopitsky. I'm not sure if I pronounced that name correctly, but I'll put his name and the conference address in the show notes. His general conference address was entitled Addressing Mental Health, and it was given in the October 2021 session. So we'll go ahead and listen to to that or a clip of that for about three and a half minutes, and then I'll come back.
1: Even though our family has enjoyed rich blessings while joyfully walking the covenant path, we have also faced exceedingly high mountains. I wish to share some very personal experiences regarding mental illness. These include clinical depression, severe anxiety, bipolar disorder, ADHD, and sometimes a combination of them all. I share these tender experiences with the approval of those involved. Because mental illness can interfere with our perception of perfection, it remains all too often a taboo. As a result, there is too much ignorance, too much silent suffering, and too much despair. Many, feeling overwhelmed because they do not meet perceived standard, mistakenly believe they have no place in the Church. To combat such deception, it is important to remember that the Savior loves each of His Father's children. He fully comprehends the pain and struggle that many experience as they live with a broad range of mental health challenges. He suffered pains and afflictions and temptations of every kind, taking upon him the pains and the sickness of his people. Because he understands all afflictions, he knows how to heal the brokenhearted. Challenges often indicate a need for additional tools and support and are not a character defect. Allow me to share several observations I made as our family has passed through trials. First, many people will mourn with us. They won't judge us. Due to severe panic attacks, anxiety, and depression, our son returned home from his mission just after four weeks. As his parents, we found it difficult to deal with disappointment and sadness because we had prayed so much for his success. Like all parents, we want our children to prosper and be happy. A mission was to be an important milestone for our son. We also wondered what other people might think. Unbeknownst to us, our son's return was infinitely more devastating for him. Note that he loved the Lord and wanted to serve, and yet he could not for reasons he struggled to understand. He soon found himself at a point of total hopelessness, battling deep guilt he no longer felt accepted, but spiritually numb. He became consumed by recurring thoughts of death. While in this irrational state, our son believed that the only action left was to take his own life. It took the Holy Ghost and a legion of angels on both sides of the veil to save him. While he was fighting for his life and during this immensely difficult time, our family war leaders, members, and friends went out of their way to support and minister to us. I have never felt such an outpouring of love. I have never sensed more powerfully and in such a personal way what it means to comfort those in need of comfort. Our family will be ever grateful for that outpouring. I cannot describe the countless miracles that accompanied these events. Gratefully, our son survived but it has taken a long time and much medical, therapeutic, and spiritual care for him to heal and to accept that he is loved, valued, and needed.
0: There is so much that I appreciate about this conference address, and again, this was just a very small portion of of that entire address. Mental illness in our society is still largely taboo. It's still something that we really struggle to talk about. It's something that I struggle with talking about, and I have studied trauma for many, many years, and even taught a course on family stress and coping. But addressing mental illness is tough for a couple reasons, at the very least. Number one is we're very concerned about offending people in talking about it. Another thing that may be a concern is that we're not very well educated about the topic. And the reality is, I, I, I worked in a group home with men who had a variety of physical and mental health conditions and I could say that I worked with them but I can't say because I worked with one individual who had one or two mental health conditions that I understand what it's like for everyone else to go through it. I think another challenge too is that what we hear often in the church are the success stories. So Elder Kapitsky's talk, and I'm so grateful. I thank the Lord truly that that his son survived and that they were able to, to get help for him. And not only that, but as he was talking about in his address, that his son was able to find a sense of meaning and, uh, and hope and purpose and that he learned to find that he belonged. Mental health is something that I have struggled with for much of my life. It's something that I've always tried to to keep hidden. And um, I I grew up on a on a dairy farm in a farming community, and I was essentially taught that you just need to work harder or you just need to have faith. And I would do those things, and I would have more faith, and I would work harder. And I found that the more that I tried, the harder and the worse that. Uh, that it often became, and so it, it got to a breaking point for me, and I have struggled with anxiety at different times in my life, and I have also struggled at about three different times in my life with having suicidal thoughts. It's not something that I like to talk about, but I'm talking about it because I know that those who struggle with belong. With belonging and particularly belonging in God's church, that there are enough people who struggle with this, and so that's why I want to share a little bit of my story and what has helped. First, I want to say that um, again that not everyone has a happy ending. Not everyone was treated well by church members, but. What I have found is that I ha- when I have opened up that, that there have been more people who have been compassionate toward me and toward other members of my family who have struggled with those things. In a previous ward, I was battling some of these mental health conditions and some very serious physical health conditions and really tried to keep it secret and private, really didn't want other people to know for a variety of reasons, and then right before we ended up moving from that ward, my wife and I, we gave a fifth Sunday lesson on mental health, and we opened up about some of the challenges that we have experienced and, and the experiences or challenges of other people that we knew, and the response was just incredible. It was actually very overwhelming to me because there were people in in the class who I thought had it all together or who I had felt judged by. And when I had opened up and shared my story, there were several things that happened. Number one, that they realized that they did not have to hide their own challenges, that it was okay to open up and that other people would, for the most part, respond to them favorably. Not, not everyone would but there would be more than if I had kept it quiet. The next thing is that people really tend to appreciate or having a better understanding of what you're going through for for many different reasons. One might be, let's say you're struggling in church. Some people might think that you're aloof or that you, that you think you're better than other people and the reality is you're struggling with anxiety or depression and you are just trying to avoid people because you can't handle it emotionally. And so when you open it up or open up to other other people and share and allow people to bear one another's burdens, even if that includes some of your burdens, many people do appreciate that. The other thing that I have found is that many leaders in our church are woefully unprepared to address mental health issues. And I don't I don't say this I, I say this as a concern and as a caution more than a criticism. Just like many people expect the police to to be law enforcement and counselor and guide and resource. I mean, people expect policemen and policewomen to do everything. And I think there's a very heavy expectation that we have for leaders of the church to, well, why don't they talk about that? Why don't they address that? Why don't they help people with that? Well, partly because they may not be trained in that. And if you have struggled with mental health issues and you have you have tried to go to a leader and it hasn't worked out well, I would like to say, join the club. It's, it's not that those people were bad. It's simply that they maybe did not understand what you were going through or what you needed. And I could say that from personal experience because those things have happened to me as well. One of probably, actually definitely the most recent incident of where I struggled with suicidal thoughts is about um three years ago i started having some very clear and vivid memories matter of fact 12 straight hours of memory after memory after memory after memory of memories of abuse perpetrated by my father upon me and um those memories have stayed with me over, over the years, although they're not as intense as, as they used to be. But um, what, what happened, I'm not going to give all, all the details, but I, I will say that I was, I was not happy with how the church addressed it. Um, I'm very grateful that the church is, um, is a compassionate church, that we believe in forgiveness. I need the atonement, I need forgiveness just as much as my dad does. I mean, we none of us are going to reach the celestial kingdom unless we're forgiven. And there's a lot of people who will say, well, at least I didn't do what so-and-so did. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we, we all need forgiveness. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that approach that the, the church had toward my father. There was very very compassionate. At the same time, my father was not remorseful at all and uh, it, it created a lot of problems with within, uh, within my siblings and um, in part because of not only those memories but also how the church responded to it or maybe didn't respond to it, it created a uh, faith crisis for me, one that I have never experienced in my life. I've i have experienced the loss of my mother from a very early age, um, as, as I shared, the abuse of my father, poverty, um, poor health situations, mental health. I mean, there's there, there's been a few things that I'm, frankly, I'm not proud of, but those are the things that I've experienced in, in my life at different times. And, uh, but, the response of some of the church leaders created such a, a faith crisis in me that um, I't didn't, I didn't know I didn't know what to do. I mean, who do you, who do you talk to in those those kinds of, of situations? And so I, I've, I've tried therapy, different therapeutic approaches. Um, I will say that time and staying close to the Savior, I know a lot of people say that, but it, it definitely helped me. I wouldn't say that I felt that difference every day, but it was more like a small amount or a small percentage. And over a period of time, it, I, it, it helped me get through that. And there's still times where there's certain things that, that trigger me or trigger those memories, uh, either of my father or of how the church responded and that kind of brings it all back, but I'm able to to um, bounce back a lot quicker than I did before. The other thing that I'd like to suggest is that one thing to to um, whether you're experiencing mental health issues or someone else is as as was presented by uh, Elder. Kopitsky, again, I apologize if I'm not saying that name correctly, is that having a mental illness does not signify a moral defect. And I often think of the Savior when he visited with the, the blind man and his disciples said, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And I know sometimes people, other people could be judgmental of us or those that we love if they have a mental health condition. Um, but I think of the Savior's response, and he said, Neither the parents nor the man sinned, but was born blind for the glory of God. And I think, what would have happened if Jesus had not healed that man, that man? would he have instead said, well this more this man that was born blind or this person who is struggling with mental illness or this person who has a, a physical defect of some sort you know they they were born this way to um I, 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 I'm not gonna include them for the glory of God you see i' I'm not gonna heal them I'm gonna let them continue to have their challenges and they are um, just because, just, just just because, you know. Uh, they have nothing to do with adding glory to my name. Of course, I mean I was being sarcastic. I hope that you caught that. Just because we may not be healed, and just because we may not have this this happy ending that other people have, and I'm I'm grateful truly grateful that they have, but for those of us who continue to struggle with these kinds of things or may struggle to not feel like we belong in the church because we experience those kinds of things, I just want to say to you that one thing that I found to be very helpful is to find a purpose for what I've gone through. And in a way, this podcast serves as that purpose I have felt very strongly, you, you may have different promptings and experiences, but I have felt God repeatedly tell me to quit hiding my pain and quit hiding those parts of me that I'm worried about other people judging me as, as not being enough or doing enough or even enough to be a good member of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints The last thing that I wanted to share, and it's something that I focused heavily on in in previous episodes and will continue to do so in future episodes. Our sense of belonging needs to come through Jesus Christ. If we are depending on how other people treat us, if we are relying on how other people react to us when they find out that we or someone we love has mental health challenges... Then that belonging may never come and if it does arrive we're still dependent on people who are flawed our sense of dependence must come from our recognize our recognition that we belong to our savior Jesus Christ and because we do belong to our savior Jesus Christ then we are worthy and worth it to attend his church and when we can go to church and go into church with that understanding that we belong we don't have to rely on other people to prove it to us know that belonging true belonging only comes through our savior Jesus Christ that is not only the ultimate goal it should also be the first goal and when you have that it doesn't matter how other people react to your challenges. You will know that you belong. Take care, bye bye.